Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. The show about the show, the show within the show. We appreciate you being with us, and this is us pulling back the curtain on the show You can always listen to us by downloading the podcast on the DA Show podcast feed, PGP, but also on its own podcast feed, Permission Granted Podcast. So check us out either one of those two podcast feeds. And when you do listen, if you haven't yet done so, rate and review us. That does help other people find us as well in their searches. It is time to break down the 12 DAs of Christmas, although I will do a little teaser. Side B features Mraz talking to Shep. And it took 45 minutes. Now, Mraz, for side B, how long did you think you were going to have Shep on for? Whew, that's a good point. I don't think I had an idea, but my, my main goal, I was shooting for about 20 minutes. I didn't want it to be too short because I didn't want to cut Shep off. I certainly didn't think 40 to 45 minutes was needed <laughs> or warranted. But we had discussed, basically, do I edit anything? And my main belief here is because it was such an explosive week with Shep, uh, and he basically wanted to point fingers and be accountable. If I edited anything out, then he could always play the blame game again. Well, you didn't get my full story out there. So I, I guess the 40 minutes has to live. So every single sentence and word he's uttered is on the record. <laughs> so, so you wanted to prepare yourself against any litigation going forward. Sure. Of course. How could you not want to prepare yourself against that? Because uh, unfortunately, I was once the king of excuse making and we heard a lot of excuses from Shep. So rather than anything down the line happen with Shep and he could point to I never said that or you edited or you altered tapes. We're not doing that. Everything will live forever on Radio.com and everywhere podcasts are. Every single word Shep has uttered around what happened last week. Okay. All right, let's get into the 12 DAs of Christmas. Now, A.B., let's start with the rankings, okay? The Schwartz going to the vet after cutting his hand came in at number four for us. Number four for us. You actually had this a little bit lower down in your list. You had this at number six. A couple of weeks ago on the podcast, you said, I don't think we got the number one right. My number two is what I think the number one is with without a doubt. I thought thinking back when I heard that, Oh, he must mean Schwartz getting his hand cut up. You did not mean that. Why did you not have Schwartz going to the vet in your top five? 
you know what? I'd have to go back to you and look at the my list one through twelve. I'm going to uh, give you I your see. list, okay? So here's okay, good. your okay. So here's number five. Number six, you put Schwartz going to the vet. Number five, weekend at Berman's. Number four, Nancy Mraz. Um, and not the fart is when she called in to defend herself with the yeah. quote, Sean got his stupid genes from his father's side. <laughs> number three, the Patriots funeral. Number two, the SAT montage. And number one, Sean Forash. Yeah. Um, in retrospect, I probably could have bumped it up a spot or two because I was going to, I was about to say like any other year and Schwartz probably wins in, in a landslide. I think so. Um, but I, but, but maybe that's me again, subliminally trying to get back in Nancy Marash's good graces by giving her more, <laughs> more points. I know how much she, um, that she dislikes me here. So yeah, if I had a redo, I probably would bump Schwartz up, but no, no higher than four, because I think I had a different order, but those three that are my top three are everyone's top three. And I don't think that Schwartz can jump them this year. Interesting. Now I will say I did not have fake Mraz in my top three. Now that's interesting <laughs> because it is one of these only on the DA show type of storyline that is is impossible to have predicted or recreate. I had it a little lower. I had it num- number six because I thought Mraz's bag over his head Giants rant right. was maybe the best Mraz quote unquote moment this year. I had that at number three, but I think what we found out Mraz last week in dissecting the PGP on the PGP. Mm-hmm was that maybe everybody else has been there, done that with your Giants rants, and that this one just didn't hit as much because we've seen it before. Right, which also opens up the door for something we talk about every year, but we don't fully do because we don't really know how to run it online with the different polls, and that is would our listeners react better to a rant where they wouldn't be fatigued by it, or is it a bogish, Bilotti, Kaplan, so sick and tired of me thing? You know what I mean? Because... If we give the listeners a sixth of the share, maybe they would help up it up. Maybe they're not fatigued by it, and it's just internally our own blind spots are getting in the way, which I think could happen with any of us. Well, let's ask Bogus that exact question. Bogus had Mraz's bag on his head ranted number nine. I had it at number three. The reason that I had it so high was that not only did Mraz do an entire show with a garbage bag over his head or a, a paper bag, but he also was on the verge of tears. I mean, there was moments in it where you actually sounded like you were weeping (laughs) over the Giants losing a game, which is always to me like, what? You're crying over football? So that's why I just, I I guess I I can never get over this type of stuff because I haven't felt that way in so long. But Bogues, was this a case where you were like, eh, we've seen the Mraz Giants rant thing before? Yeah, there is definitely Mraz fatigue on my end. Um, <laughs> and, like, in particular, like, part of me wants, as good as it is for the show, like, part of me wants Sean not to feel like this much longer because I just don't <laughs> think it's good for him to care this much about a Giants-Eagles game in and October. then maybe not— Right, and then, like, maybe not the rest of his family. Like, I don't, like, you know, we've had this conversation on the air, like, about, you know, it's Sundays or Sundays, like, my kid's birthday is on a Saturday or it's on a Monday. It's not on Sunday. And, like, I like I, I want him to get over that hump and realize that football's not number one. And then, yeah, like, it just, it was a, it was a very fun four hours because it did go the entire show. But if there was not the Pat Shermer rant, I think that this one would have gone up higher. Plus, there's also just huh. there's a lot of Sean moments in the top 12 every year because yeah. that's it, the beauty of Sean. And something's got to <laughs> fall back. 
so that it's not the list is not the 12 Sean's of the year. And that to me was the one that I could I felt most comfortable moving down because it was, you know, somewhat rep- uh, repetitive. A totally reasonable take. And it is a danger that we run into. And I've, I've actually worked through this with Mraz. I'm like, we can't just have like eight straight Mraz crazy things happen for the 12 DAs because, you know, then then you're right. It's like the 12 Mrazes of Christmas. Um, so, you know, in retrospect. <laughs> doesn't quite have the same ring as 12 DAs of Christmas now, does it? <laughs> In retrospect, I made a mistake here. I did. And and I'm going to admit this on, on my ballot. I should not have Mraz's bag over his head ramped that high. And not because it wasn't great in the moment, and it was. And not because it wasn't memorable, because it was. Like him sniffling through an October loss to the Eagles is like so ridiculous under a bag. But because when I look back at the rest of my top five, it just can't stand over the other ones. Because I put the Patriots funeral one, and I put... Vince Quinn and and Peter Schwartz and the vet story at number two. I thought the wedding fart scandal, though, is an all-time great story and tells so much about this dynamic of Mraz's family and who's out to protect who, but who's also out to protect their own self-interest and this kind of guilt and what do you do for mom? And, like, it just said so much, and it's, of course, because Mraz looks like he'd be the guy that would fart at a wedding, and it's a (laughs) terrible fart, you know, and people still talk about the fart, and, you know, it just... It is so great on so many levels that I had it at number uh, three, but then, or at number uh, number four, but then I had the SAT at five, and I just can't, in retrospect, put Mraz's bag over the head rant over the SAT. The SAT thing is just that great, and it is, it shouldn't have been this low for me either. I guess when I was thinking about it and listening to it, I'm like, yeah, okay, he took the SAT, and I forgot the emotions, though. Even listening back when I did, I forgot the emotions and the in the intensity of of Bogus's anger towards me. And also, I had it slipped my mind how this was a war waged on good versus evil with our listeners. You know, there was this whole morality play of did Mraz get what he deserved? And I think everybody likes Mraz and or loves Mraz, but there is a a part of Mraz with our listeners that wants him to get his comeuppance, that they feel like maybe he got lucky, that maybe he's, he's lucked into things, and that he kind of skates by. And they, this was a morality play of people wanted him to be punished for being proudly stupid. And when I came back with 11-10, it had deflated everybody. Don't you say, Bogues? Like, forget just you and, and Pete. I felt it from the listeners that they were like, oh, he got an 11-10, so he faked his way through this too. Yeah, I mean, it's the same kind of backlash we discuss um, with the guys in the newsroom about Sean's upward trajectory in terms of the company and his place on, on the show. It's like it is petty and it doesn't reflect well on any of us for feeling it. But, yeah, people wanted Sean <laughs> to get a seven to finally lose. But once again, the universe conspires into confusing math and whatever to get him get an 11-10. And then on top of that, like – of course, there's nothing humble about Sean taking the 1110 and putting it in his back pocket and, and throwing it on everybody's face again. Like, he could have very quietly and just gone, okay, thanks very much, and that's it. But no, instead, he's out there basically holding this up as if it's 100% And literally said, indisputable, nah, 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 and it's nah, not. Nah, like he's yeah, in third literally grade. Said, nah, 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 exactly. Nah, 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 nah. I mean, you guys so were a little just, ridiculous it was, it with wasn't the nah, good. nah, 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 too. 
I mean, again, you guys were all openly rooting against me, and then suddenly I'm the bad guy for being like, you know what, screw you guys, I did get this. But whatever, we went over that on the show. Hate but, that part. But do you see that, Mraz, that because you're kind of defiant in the face of, of education, and you've always just kind of like rationalized away kind of I don't need to be smart I don't need to read books I don't need to get good grades I didn't need any of that you know because of that people have always wanted you to be put in your place and they like when we have the year of the buffoon they like when we we criticize you and this was a chance to actually stamp it and when it wasn't stamped everyone's like oh come on he got away with another one but guys, look, we do this show and the backdrop. I know everybody stays for the nonsense, but the backdrop is sports, right? And anytime there's an underdog or anytime somebody counts somebody out <laughs> and they thump their chest afterwards, we love it, right? Like, what is the one thing that we will look back on and go, I absolutely love that part of Kirk Cousins' per- career. It's going to be the you like that video. Like, me saying na 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 is Kirk Cousins saying you like that. Like, yes, I am not the smartest guy in the world. Kirk Cousins is a terrible quarterback. But he had a moment, and everybody counted him out, and he was so pumped that he basically defied everybody's thoughts that he gave a you like that in the camera. I gave the na 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 because I was getting counted out. If everybody was comforting and rooting for me and saying, no, you know what, you got this, you got this, this there's no way I'm clapping back with a na 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 na. That was me saying, screw you, against all odds, chip on my shoulder, I prevailed. That was what na 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 was all about. To hold na 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 against me, I find it being ridiculous. But, but but except the fact that but but Kirk Cousins did that after he won a game, indisputably I'm, won a game, didn't lose like an overtime, didn't like and and had he I, somehow after the fact they said, Well, actually, you know what, Kurt, you didn't win, he would have went, you know what, I'm sorry about that. My apologies on the but, on the how do you like that? But if the you like that game also featured the same pass interference from the Saints Rams game, he's still saying you like that and not taking the win back. Basically, what DA did was the pass interference from that NFC Championship game, and the Rams don't give back that NFC title. It's it's more like Kyrie Irving just talking his way through meandering loops and then saying the earth is flat and then finally having to take an earth science test and mistakenly being given like a B plus. I mean, like, na, 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 see, I always knew my earth science when he was (laughs) so obviously wrong, indisputably wrong on everything else. But I, and this is ironic because what's going to come up here on side B, the only thing I currently find more suffocating than anything Shep-related when it comes to the DA show is this damn SAT argument. I really, it's just, it's breaking my will. It's it's just like, ah, we're going to go in circles and never, ever in the history of the DA show agree on this. But the point is, like, we still today don't fully, like, understand how the test was supposed to be graded. So we can make the case that I'm not 11 10 we do. You're making me upset again. No, you don't. But we do. No, you're choosing to not understand how it's supposed to be graded. you don't. Because then there's always the question of, like, who knows? Maybe I would have gone 90 for 100 on the 100 questions missing. Like, there's so many variables that go into it. So to just, like purposely stamp your feet down on what I got and say, well, no, I definitely got this lower grade. Like, the true fact of the matter is we don't know what my real grade was for the SATs, and you can't declare it one way or another. So if you're going to stick your foot Except in the mud, you're declaring like a you're the one declaring 1110. Because you're <laughs> declaring be a 700. If, you, you know, if we no, all agree... That- if we all agree we get declared an incomplete, then that's fine. Then I think we find a middle ground. But if you're going to tell me I can't declare it at 1110, you can't say you declared it at a 700. Like, there has I to mean, be Sean, some middle ground. 
Sean, I've never, I've never said what the number should be. The only number that's ever come up is if DA said, I just take away the essay, then it becomes this. But I've never said you got X score. My point is you did not get an 1110. So if you want to agree right. on incomplete, I will do that right. in a second because you didn't right. get an 1110. Or except you got an 1110 out of 2400, which ends up being the same, the same point. All right. Well, I guess the overall point here, DA, and not to take too much of the lead in thunder here, is maybe you did grade your SAT. Maybe we all grade the SAT controversy wrong because if it is still that, you know, angry, a passion between all of us here on December 23rd, 2020, then maybe that is the moment that should have stood out as the number one moment of the year. It might have. I know. I mean, it, it, it elicits so much passion. So Kaplan had it at number three. Right. I and by the way, it. you got yeah, you got I was just before you you guys don't have my top twelve because I didn't email it. I have it in front of me if you needed to know any of that. Kaplan had it at three, I had it at five, Bilotti had it at four, Bogish had it at two. Where did you have it? I also had it at two. So it ends up finishing in the final standings at two. So upon listening to everything leading up into the Pat's funeral, and I had I, I really thought about whether the Pat's funeral was my number one, and I, I kept coming back to everybody was so good that it was kind of hard. Like, I don't know if we all peaked so well as we did for that segment, but then listening back to it, I'm like, I wonder if that still resonates with the hearty, gut-busting laughter of some of the other mm-hmm. moments. And then when we had the advanced analytics today, what was your favorite 12DA moment? And then the Pat's funeral won... I felt validated. Yeah. But I wonder, do you think that that was recency bias, that everybody heard it today and then said, yeah, that's number one? Or do you think that truly, like, this, the year is defined for us as that is our apex moment? Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of recency bias. Uh, full disclosure, I actually had that the lowest rated out of everybody. We had a couple ones, a two and a three. I had it at number four. And I think the bit's really good, and I love the bit. And I was I was laughing at it hysterically now, even when I did re-listen to it and everything like that. But but I don't know that you know, looking back and you listen to the top twelve, that as far as like holding my stomach in pain, I as much, I don't want to knock it because it was great and I loved it and I had it in my top five. I I just don't think when you think about the history of the DA show, you'll remember that that was the number one. I think you'll actually look back on the year and think of the SATs or a wedding fart or something like that in the, you know, hysterical moments of the DA show all time. And and you're going to think, wait, that wasn't number one. The dynasty stuff was like, it just feels like a very forgotten number one beyond this year. Hmm. Bogues, where do you stand on it? Well, so, I mean, I, I had Sean Farash as number one, and, and I had that down. I wrote that down as number one before I went through everything because that, that, to me, just encompasses so much of the entire operation. Yeah. And it's such a preposterous thing. That, and on top of it, that we went eight years and never was ever mentioned. Like, this would have should have come up before that random day this summer, which just adds a whole other level of intrigue to it. But the point you made on the air during the show on Wednesday and then just now, D.A., I think is a good one in defense of the funeral is that it was a rarity for us in that it was a pre-produced thing. Like it was there was nothing or, you know, wasn't organic, wasn't off the cuff, wasn't out of nowhere. Like we all sat down, we all did something and we all did it in different ways really, really well. And Zach was perfect and goofy as the as the priest and all the two. And I think it deserves a little almost like bonus points for being like a skit as opposed to us just all of a sudden being on some crazy-ass tangent. 
Yeah, that and that's how I felt that it's different and special. It's it's that it wasn't a spontaneity where we we just fall into something and it becomes hysterical because we all riff, which is the magic of the show and the magic of us working together is that we all share this really common bond of a sense of humor. We all know how to poke fun at one another. We all know we we just all have this great chemistry in real time of riffing. And that's, it's like a great jazz band. Like we just have that. And so that's where a lot of our 12 DAs come from. Yeah, It's like, the reaction to Badlands doing and forgetting the Admiral's Feast is a perfect example of something that is inadvertently a moment, a, a iconic moment because of our riffing and making each other laugh. Yeah. The Patriot sketch is very special to me because everybody had a, a part and a role in this. We had pre-produced it and planned it, and everyone crushed yeah. it. I mean, it was so funny. Like... That really is maybe Bilotti's finest moment on the air. It is that <laughs> good what he did. I mean, Moraz's joke writing and Bogus's your joke writing and everything was just so sharp and funny and perfect that while it wasn't gut busting and like roll on the floor like I can't believe my sides hurt, it was so special in a different way that I that I thought it was still deserving of number one for a different reason. Yeah. I see, it's funny because I kind of looked at it in a good way, like it was our own little mini version of Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know, with the music going, it's kind of like that humor you got to get, like the slow moving funeral part of it, but where you guys are raising it up because of, you know, the pre-plannedness and not being spontaneous, I think that's why I knock it down notches because I think the beauty of the 12 DAs and everything that has gone into this DA show for eight years is the greatest moments are truly, you know, basically something that wasn't pre-planned and, and organic. Like, it is easier to have a moment where you realize this is so good and so crafty and, and well-written when you have, you know, something that we were pumping two days in advance and we all worked on all our eulogies and it wasn't something that just came to our mind where, like, it shouldn't be punished, but I think maybe in the back of my mind where you guys are giving it credit is why I'm punishing it compared to the other moments because it wasn't spontaneous. I think one of the things, though, that really makes it great is the teamwork aspect of it, is that everybody had a role and everybody executed it so True. well. And some of the times that we fall into the like the 12 morasses, it's kind of like just how can we all pile on you? What, did, what ridiculous thing happened True. to you that we make fun of, which is your mom's fart, your fake evil <laughs> twin, your 75th anniversary. True. True. Um, you took the SAT and may or may not have gotten the score. So that's what was so great about this is that everybody had this role and they crushed it. Uh, I do want to, uh, let me see. There was something about Bogish's rankings. That, oh, Bogish, you, you were like, Evil Moraz is number one by a long shot, and that's who you voted number one, and you had called this shot weeks ago on the PGP. Why did you feel so strongly that Evil Moraz's twin had to be the number one? I mean, again, the fact that was, this was never brought to our attention for so long, and even the two of you working together for that much longer, I, I just can't I can't believe that such a preposterous story was not more front and center. And then the story by itself is nuts. And then the fact that we basically tore it apart and proved it 100% wrong within 15 minutes after being told that it's been years and going on and no one can get an answer and no one can figure this out and no one has seen this guy or anything like that. And then we found pictures of him and like it just – and then the fact that people – like I don't even know how to, how to explain it that like people – and I said this to Sean in the air like <laughs> that they thought that this was the best you could come up with as a secret identity for like your far right-wing conspiracy <laughs> theory guy. Like 
If it happened to me, if there was like an Andrew Rogish somewhere, people wouldn't think that was me changing my name. They'd make fun of me that I had this like weird cousin being a dope somewhere. <laughs> but like people around Sean thought that Sean's master plan was to just change the first two letters of his last name so he could, you know, rant about presidents and whatever. Like, like it, there's just so much about it that is just mind boggling. Well, not only is it people around Moraz and his inner circle thought that Moraz was faking an identity to spout right-wing conspiracies or, or run <laughs> rallies, but that more people around him thought that this guy was definitely trying to piggyback off of Moraz's celebrity. <laughs> and, right. then, then, and like nobody said, wait a second, this is all crazy. Except we did when we heard it. We're like, wait a second, this is all crazy. But yeah. everybody within West Babylon thought either this was Moraz's fake identity to do something politically, or this was a guy trying to steal Moraz's identity. <laughs> Neither which was true, but that was everybody around Moraz yeah. saying it had to be one of the yeah. two. And remember, there was so much that went into it. The guy that he used to be on the random New York message boards for radio stations that nobody knew about that our boss reads. Like, there were so many parts of this that were bad. This was actually off of Trash Tuesday. And I, I have this at number six, and I think maybe I partially punished it because living it in real life, you're like, yes, it's funny to look back on and laugh, but it was so mentally draining on me that I don't think I fully appreciated how you guys viewed it and how you guys appreciated the funniness of it, where Bogus wrote it down at number one right away. Like, I wrote it at number six going, I just this thing still doesn't, something still doesn't sit well with me on it. And I don't think I fully appreciate it from a listener's standpoint, if that makes sense. I could see that. Uh, I like Bogus's point, though, that this is the very essence of the show, is that only this could only happen on our show. It could only happen, really, surrounding Moraz. I don't know anybody else in my life that anybody, you know, this type of thing could happen to. And that it just popped up randomly on a trash Tuesday <laughs> instead of being this kind of long-form, years-long play is extraordinary. Uh, Bogues, do you have to run for the show right now? Because I have one more thing I want to get to. No, 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 I'm good. Okay, excellent. So, ultimately, Sean Forash and Evil Moraz finishes at number three, but it will be remembered forever. And that's what I think is so remarkable about the 12 DAs this year, is that in terms of, Moraz likes to say, telling the story of the DA show, I don't think you can tell it without the SAT controversy, I don't think you can tell it without the evil twin, Sean Forash. I don't think you can tell it without Peter Schwartz going to the vet. And I don't know if you can tell it without the wedding fart from Nancy, which is why I had that so high, <laughs> which is four different moments from one year that specifically all kind of like perfectly encapsulate the ridiculousness of the show and what happens every single day. Wouldn't you say, Mraz, that that's, yeah. um, that's why this year going into the 12 DAs felt like it was a different type of year? Right. It was a deep class where we felt like maybe there wasn't the ultimate, ultimate number one, like where we had Torg Bellinger a year ago and you knew that was so insane it had to be number one. It was such a deep class, which, which I think caused chaos in the voting, if you will. We, we all had things all over the place because – 
you know, kind of the beauty of it. How could we all not enjoy everything that we put out there and, and, and like stuff better than the other and to have four things that we will look back on. I mean, if we're doing the show five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now together, we're going to look back and easily rattle off any of those four moments DA said and put ourselves exactly where we were when we first heard it. And I think that's truly amazing and truly a test of how good the show can be. It's a, it's an incredible class. It's an incredible, incredible class. Uh, I had it. I had a suggestion from a friend of mine, Pens, who has showed up on this show before, uh, and his younger brother, who's a big time listener of the podcast and the show live as well. And their request was, how about one podcast, one PGP of just the twelve DAs and our reaction to them? So basically, we played one almost every day at six twenty over the last right. twelve days. Just take the six twenty segment. And just keep putting them together to tell the story of the entire year. Mraz, you don't even have to do this. We have Connor for one more day. We're going to have him do this. Yeah. yeah. Well, when do we have Connor for one more day? Uh, well, he's in studio today, right? And is he right. back with us next week? Because Pete's uh, working oh, from home. Oh, good point. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure who's on the schedule full next week. Yeah, I'd have to look at that. But yeah, that's a good point. I mean, would that serve as the PGP next week to end the year? Yeah, probably. Wouldn't that be a cool idea to know that there's just yeah. one I string, 12 to 1? Call me crazy. We might have done that year one or year two where we put Sound, out a podcast. Of the 12. Sounds like something we might have done, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's a great idea. I think that's a good end of the year, and I think that's a, a, a very great listen for anybody, and it's great that it could live forever that way. I, I think that would be awesome. And as you said, we basically know the time we played them almost every day, so that would be... I think really easy to do as well. Wouldn't I wonder so if year one when we did this or year two, whenever we, we, I think we did try this one of those two years. I don't know if we had the reaction to it. I think we might've just Maybe played not. the moments. Maybe not, but the reaction to it and reliving it. Yeah. Kind of become like a documentary of the year. Can I, can I also just say one more thing before we wrap on that point? Yeah. Um, you know, like we all kind of had the back part of our list, right? And obviously we get to that end where some people have stuff at 12 and then that that's what creates those first four out. I just personally want to vouch for a moment we didn't we never heard in a stuck in the chimney. We never heard in the first four out. Didn't make anybody's top twelve, but was my number twelve moment of the year, and I just want to get your guys' thoughts on it, whether you forgot about it or it just you didn't find it that funny. I, I think we forget, guys, that we had terrible math by me in which we didn't realize that the year three thousand wasn't a hundred years away, and I cited a Twitter account. <laughs> Chef Homeboy RD put this out and didn't realize he was wrong. Yeah. And then we had him on as a guest, as a guest, and he basically was fighting with you about it. And I, for the fact that nobody even remembered that moment or thought about that moment, I think just speaks to how great the year was. But I did have that as a number 12. We never even heard it in a stuck to the chimney. What a forgotten great moment that I'm sorry, I'm going to put my foot down and go, damn, that should have been on a list. Well, I had one of those. I think you're right. It was such a good year that it was hard to find space for Chef Homeboy RD. <laughs> but, but my answer to Chef Homeboy RD is your colleague, your, your high school peer that won most likely to host a talk show. Yeah. Good to one. have What was that guy's name? <laughs> Justin Stroker. I mean, how Justin Stroker? Now, I put him as my first team out. He was my number 13. How Justin Stroker wins... High school yearbook most likely to host a talk show, and you were insistent that you came in second, as though there was high school ballots. It was like the Heisman, like you knew that Peyton Manning came in second to Charles Woodson, and that we had Stroker on, and that he crushed it. That Stroker was so yeah, right. good. He was great. I'm like, how does this not make the top 12 or even the first four out? 
I'll tell you why Justin Stroker got punished. And this is my theory. <laughs> Justin Stroker and the evolution of Stroker coming on the show was a direct correlation to the town going crazy for the Sean Forrest stuff. Yeah. It basically was like Frazier to Cheers. So I think <laughs> because the Sean Forrest stuff was up there, kind of the Justin Stroker stuff gets forgotten about because it's a branch off of Sean Forrest, and it would feel like we're doubling up on the Forrest bit in the 12 DAs. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I will also say that I thought that the Dunstan checks in thing is really funny and that it speaks to this larger point of how absurd our breaking the analysis, breaking down of all the sports movies was during pandemic. But I felt like, you know, a Justin Stroker's better than that because a Justin Stroker Oof. is just, again, this slice of total idiocy. You're, and... uh, you're right, DA, DA, you're right, but let's not forget, you can't have 12 moments of the year and completely eliminate the fact that we did Mothership at the movies. This and, year and I agree with that. Now that and, and if there was maybe a montage of the, of the Mothership at the movies, I don't know, Bogues. Like, do you think that Dunson Checks In was the, the perfect way to encapsulate Pandemic DA show? Um... That's a tough question. I mean, maybe their maybe their number twelve could have been a mix of some of those things that because I mean, so many of them were just insane. I mean, <laughs> like spending time on Ed being in the back of a frozen like banana truck. Like there was just there was a lot, and you know, we were stumped by the fact that that wasn't Madison Square Garden in Eddie. Like there was just there were a lot of things where we were way off the rails. Yeah, we were breaking down um, the stats of the natural, what Robert Redford's right. uh, OBP would have been. I mean, we went well, through I, like how the Mighty Ducks and Mighty Ducks 2 automatically get, you know, involved in the Olympics. I mean, there was a lot of funny so, stuff there. So I do think, though, when we think about Mothership in the movies, doesn't the two-week span of Ed and Eddie come to mind right away more than any of those moments? So when yeah. we look back at the files saved forever, like this folder, unless you're Shep, you're always going to be able to find this folder of files every year. We know <laughs> like we could go back and it's very easy to see what number one, 12 DA was in 2013, whatever. And those, those 12 are saved in these every year. If when you see Ed versus Dunstan checks in, you like, you're going to laugh immediately looking at that file going, I'll never forget that year we watched Ed and Eddie in back-to-back weeks. Like, that is a way to save it, encapsulate that forever. Dunstan checks in was grouped in because it was the year of the monkey with all those movies that week. <laughs> and I just, I think when you think of Mothership of the Movies, unless you are doing a montage of all of those moments, you're right, be a little time-consuming. I guess I may, probably could have done that. You think you hit Mothership of the Movies, but you have to hit it in those two weeks of Ed and Eddie because that was peak DA show craziness. Hmm. Bogues, your thoughts? Yeah, I think I I think that's probably that's a fair point. Like that was kind of the poster child for the entire the entire operation. Um, but like on its own as a singular moment, does it match up with the other ones and beat certain other ones we just mentioned? Maybe not. Um, but I but I like the idea of it being this kind of like ceremonial place for the, like our ode to twenty twenty. Like that wouldn't have happened without all of this mayhem. So it needed its own spot, and that was probably the best example of just how crazy the whole thing was i know it didn't happen on the air but how about the oopsie not even making <laughs> not only the 12 da's or the first four out not even as stuck in the chimney now i don't know if it was graded down because it was a pgp moment definitely definitely but Mraz crapped his pants on the pgp as i was talking to him <laughs> He had to have his mother-in-law throw new underwear down the stairs yeah. to where he does the show from. How, I yeah. mean, 
His Again? mother-in-law, too, not even his mom. Well, I, if was my mother-in-law was here, I would have probably <laughs> never so, come out of the basement. There's no question. If, if my mother-in-law and that happened to me, I, I would have walked... I would have walked into the river and just said, it's over for me. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'm the only one who remembers this. So much like Bogus on Wednesday brought up the offsides rule in the NHL being changed. <laughs> we did have, and I can't tell you off the top of my head, we did have a moment two years ago that happened on the PGP. I just, I don't remember the moment, but I remember the circumstances. And basically we debated this. I, we might have even debated on the PGP. And I, we came to an agreement that, hey, the PGP can have classic moments and maybe they could be replayed in drops and all of that. But that doesn't actually count to the 12 DAs because the 12 DAs is what happened on the actual show, not the extension of the show. So I remember these rules that were in place, but maybe somebody crapping their pants and their mother-in-law having to throw underwear down becomes extenuating circumstances where you need to change the rules, if you will. Put the DH in the National League. You realize time has passed. And maybe this is something we learn going forward, that if something that crazy ever happens on a PGP, it does need to count towards the 12 DAs. I almost wonder if next week... I know, Merez, uh, you're out. Pete's working from home. Bogues, are you with me next week or are you out? No, I'm not. I'm off too. I wonder if I need to do in the middle of the night just me, the four shows, because I'm going to be in there until January 1st on Friday. If I do a kind of like a leftovers, and we have Justin Schroker, Chef Homeboy RD, Bell Bisque DeVoe, and the Oopsie, just you know to, to give those the proper run they deserve. You know what I really like about that idea, DA? Pete, after being off for two weeks, having to do the work of <laughs> dig up and editing that. I've done enough of the editing with the 12 DAs. Pete wants to sit home all cozy now after two weeks off and produce the show. Matter of fact, as we speak, he already sent an email with all the guests. He's really trying to show you he's working from home. I think that's a great idea. I think the more work we put on Pete's plate while he's home, the better. He's He'll kill me if I tell him to do this. He's going to Not, kill me. Why would he kill you? He should be happier than ever. Two weeks off, first Christmas with Timmy. Here we go. Cut up Sean crap in his pants. I think that's perfect timing. It's great. <laughs> but in terms of it as an idea, do you think that that's a, yes. a worthy end to this yes. end to the 2020? Absolutely. I think it's a worthy end because I mean, geez, yeah, we're, we're doing this whole PGP discussing all of these moments. And I'm sure that there are, there have to be listeners who listen to this countdown one by one waiting for their moment. Maybe they were waiting for an oopsie. Maybe they were waiting for Justin Stroker and they never even got it in a stuck in the chimney that I think absolutely. I think a leftovers, like we'd be eating leftovers from Christmas anyway, as a new year's week thing. I think it's a perfect idea. I think it's really cool. I mean, I wonder who I have with me because the three of you guys are going to be gone. So well, I have a different I, update guy. Bilotti's sliding into your role, Mraz, but not an on-air role. And then I've got another producer, whoever Bilotti is supposed to be, back of the back of the show. I think two days you get, and this is a 12DA hat, hat tip, get me Rubinoff. I think Rubinoff comes back oh, off the bench. And is wow. I'm pretty sure, don't call me on that, but I remember seeing his name on an email for a couple of days. It might even be Monday and Tuesday. A get me Rubinoff pops back in. For those that are wondering who get me Rubinoff is, Sam Rubinoff is a, is a young producer who is very good at what he does. He originally was on WatchDA.com as the understudy to cap. He then kind of graduated to the board as well. But during pandemic, he has not really worked much for us because of the distance between where he works and coming into New York so uh, or where he lives. And so we haven't had Rubinoff in a long time, which has meant that the Sheps of the world have gotten the reps, and, and that's where Morass says, get me Rubinoff. Get it, me also, Rubinoff. it also means, by the way, Kaplan's basically given back three and a half weeks of vacation because he's had nobody who could fill oh. in for him. On, yeah, Kaplan, no kidding. So, 
Yeah, on Thursday's Christmas Eve show, me and Bogus will not be on camera. And I said, absolutely, that's fine, because Kaplan hasn't taken a day off. And basically, since March, he's, we've all taken all these days, and Kaplan's been there day in and day out with the stream. And, you know, there, there's this great irony to this, because we always joke that, like, Pete wants to position himself as doing the job that nobody else can do. So he makes things kind of, like, purposefully more difficult for people. Right, right, right. For Cap. He's the only guy that can do the DA show remotely and, and <laughs> you know, do the show. So in one, on the one hand, he's completely um, indispensable. Like, we, we simply can't the, – the show cannot exist without Cap. It can exist right, for, right. without the rest of us. It cannot exist without Cap. But in doing so, he's not allowed to ever take a vacation day. <laughs> and don't forget – he then goes – once he's done with us, he goes and does Moose and Maggie on WFAN. So, like, he and I are – you know, you guys are done at 10, 10.30 or 10.02 if you're peed. But, like, me and Cap keep going. <laughs> so, like, when he's – like, he's working at almost a double shift in terms of just hours. So he's Every really, day. really stuck yeah. in front of a computer for forever. So if anyone needs time off, it's him. Five days a week, every day during pandemic, a double. Well, we've all complained about who's getting days off. It's unbelievable the job Cap's done. It really, that, that should be applauded here at the end of the PGP. And that's why when uh, our management told me before Sunday morning football, which used to be on the stream, they're like, hey, you know, we've we've tapped Cap out. We, we, we just don't have anybody that can do this. I'm like, don't worry about it. Let's make sure at least right. he has a two-day weekend. Because, nice. Moraz, were we <laughs> on video during pandemic when we did the Sunday show? Uh, no, we were not. We were not. Oh, okay. All right. So we had, he had the full weekends back then too. Yes. But still, I mean, think about it, guys. We all needed those mental breathers. This guy, five days a week doing two shows. And, and we know when we wake up, the, the link to get on Zoom, like everything is there. He's altered the different stream, like, streams we've had to use to figure out what's best quality. He's had us getting ring lights. Like he has been so on his game and he has to be so mentally worn down I just it's unbelievable and doesn't get the chance to, you know, vent or anything on air because he's back home. It's it's incredible what Cap's done for this show. Yeah, and I was thinking about this. Uh how long ago, Moraz, does it feel like we were doing the Sunday show when oh. pandemic first struck and we had to kind of like limit staffers in and out of the building. They asked the full timers to do weekend shifts as well. And so we picked up Sunday early afternoons, afternoon. right? Yeah. Early afternoons. And so One we were to four, doing, I think it was, because we were doing the witching hour from three to four. As a, yeah, that's right. Segment. So we were doing the five days a week on the mornings then on Sundays, one to four. We did that until July. We did that from yeah, we, late before March. Before sports started, right? Late we March were going from, up against NASCAR races, DA. NASCAR would be on the time. Wrong. So we did six shows a week without sports. And, uh, boy, that feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? It does. It does. Those were that was unbelievable. Yeah, we didn't mind at first, but as soon as it started to be ninety degrees out and the sun was shining, it was a little tough. <laughs> One to four to be inside down here doing shows. Well, this was a hell of a year, guys. Uh, you guys enjoy your time off next week. I can't wait to uh, to hear the to hear how the Christmas morning and and uh, the New Year's Day shows go for you. Now that you got Shep in for New Year's Day, Mraz, I oh boy, I don't <laughs> just what we need for twenty twenty one when everybody wants a new year to start. Me waking up with Shep while you guys sleep in after watching that ball drop. It's going to be quite the treat on New Year's Day. Oh, God. It reminds me of uh, January 1, 2015. And I remember this very specifically because we had to work the overnight show going into January 1, 2015. Um, and so I took off the or the next day was a weekend or something because I met my wife the night of January 1. And I went out to watch the Sugar Bowl with friends. 
um, at a bar in New York City. And then she came with another friend and that's how we met. And I remember thinking like, once we got together and, you know, we were, we were uh, a couple, I was like, wow, my life changed after January 1. Usually like the morning January 1 rolls around. It's like, oh, my right. life changed after New Year's Eve. My life changed really the night of January 1 going to January 2. <laughs> That's going to be this. Like, we're going to have to get through the, the, the pummeling of having Shep on the show oh. the morning of January 1 to then restart fresh January 2. I can't stress enough, DAs. Everybody looks at the new year ending and going, what a terrible year. I can't wait to start anew. My entire <laughs> night is going to be thinking, what is Shep going to screw up tomorrow morning? I don't. I hate this year already. That is exactly what's going to happen to me next week. So I'm going to enjoy Christmas and a couple days off beforehand just to get ready for this disaster that's ready to unfold. Well, more on that, Bogues, coming up here next. Side B, did you know is 45 minutes of Shep? Um, is that enough? I think I might need like a full hour on the chef circle <laughs> nightmare all right. all right this has been side a side b with chef coming up right now how did do to do welcome to side b of the pgp this is Mraz, host of side b executive producer of the da show a special side b today andrew bogish gonna sit one out he's gonna sit a play out no pete the body either who seems to be on a never-ending amount of days off which Created a little bit of chaos last week on the DA show, as I'm sure many of you realized and heard. And you heard us rehash a little bit on last week's PGP. So we could have just let that go, let it die, and had side B with Bogish and I breaking down the last of the 12 DAs. But no, 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 no. Up through the ladder arose such a clatter. It is Dave Shepard, the man they call Shep, who has texted both DA and I looking for this opportunity I guess to speak his piece of the mind, speak his piece of this, and I have to be honest, folks, I don't exactly know where this go, where this is going, how this will turn out, but I'm intrigued nonetheless. <laughs> Shep, hello, how are you? Hey, Mraz, um, thank you for having me. I, I just feel, um, you know, pits in my stomach, and I know you know that feeling. I know you get on the mic a lot, and you're a host, but you remember what it's like to be in that position when you're behind the board and you respect the host and you like the host and all you want to do is do right. And it just completely backfires and it's just the worst feeling in the world. And you probably remember those days, your first or second year working with DA. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I remember a lot of days where I, I made mistakes well, especially very early on in my radio career part-time and especially, you know, let's face it, the first two years of the DA show, of course there were growing pains. It was my first full-time gig and the intricacies of all of that. For sure. There was, for sure. There was, right. there's no doubt about that. Um, but I guess, all right, I, as I try to figure out where to lead with this, let me just say this. What happened last week on the DA show, and I think you understand the Shep, was, I mean, if you want to say anything about the first two years of the show, that's fine. Some of the most just, it, it was like a problem after another problem after another problem. And I do think not all of it was your help, uh, was your fault, I should say. Uh, I, I, as I said, I thought that Pete didn't necessarily put us in a position to win. But let's face it, you know, there was some of it that, frankly, was your fault. So there were quite a few mistakes on the show. We could, I mean, we could rattle them off one by one the way we wanted to go and go, you know, play whose blame is it. But it sounds to me early on at, with your initial response out of there, like you are sincere and feel bad, but you almost painted a picture that you wanted to compare yourself to me in the first two years of the DA show as that's the type of mistakes you made so they should be expected. Is that the read you're trying to give? Hell no. Hell no. Okay. So the, what I'm what I'm coming from, the place I'm coming from is, there's 
four things that I want to accomplish. Okay. And the first thing, first and foremost, is I want another shot. Because okay. the Wednesday you saw is me. That's that's who that's who David Shepherd is. You remember you and I working together when you were filling in for DA and the Christmas Eve. Right. And you remember by the way, God bless God bless Andrew Philippi, man. My my God, my heart goes out to him. Jeez. Uh sorry to get sorry for that, but god damn. I don't know if you can say that or not. But anyways, the reason I bring up Filipponi was because he, we didn't have a connection. And there was no engineer. And he's doing a show the whole time from the phone. And I'm trying to call an engineer at home, and no one's picking up. So that was, that was so chaotic. You remember that. Right. Um, That's right. But, okay, now, now but, it's going on me. I, I remember right. the day well now. <laughs> right. yes. you're, like, you're like, where's he going with this? But, but the point is, and I've also – run a board and produce for you before, but, but especially that particular instance when I was more comfortable, I wasn't, you know, 10 days back at CBS. That's where I really found my groove. So you know what I can do, Mraz. You, you right. know I can so, do this job. So the well. listeners listening aren't going to know what you're referencing here, but this was, I, bo- I want to say it was, might have been Christmas Day last year. Do I have that right? It was, yeah. Okay, so Christmas Day last year, for everybody listening, we had a CBS Sports Radio uh, a bit of a you know a, a short out as far as lines went, and I woke up on Christmas morning, and I was due to host the DA show that day. I was going to work Christmas Day for the show, make sure the listeners had somebody there. And the show at that time obviously was nine a.m. to noon Eastern, six a.m. to nine a.m. Pacific. So I woke up around six a.m. and I wanted to do Christmas morning with obviously my wife, and I had just had a a newborn daughter that was three days old, and we were going to just open up gifts, and I was going to get on the road, and I got a text or a call from Shep in a panic that Andrew Filipponi was on the air, his line had dropped. Obviously, no bosses are really around on Christmas morning, and Shep, to his credit, as he just described, had to make a call about what to put out over the air, and he got Andrew Filipponi up to do host the show while on the phone while trying to get me to come in a little earlier to fix that problem. And Shep, to your credit, as you point to that, you I understand you want to point to your good moments. That was thinking like a boss in real time. What can I do to make this sound relevant? And you did a good job. So to your point, know what I know what you could do? Yes, you could think on your feet and you could do that. And I right. do think that last week when you were in for two days, one day was really bad. The other day something bad happened that I don't necessarily think was your fault. It wasn't your fault, and that was DA losing internet connection. We lost them for an hour. We tried to do some you know, things to fix the audio, and it just it became overwhelming on you, but it was nothing you did wrong, and I think you just kind of were put in a spot where you had a bad day, and then a bad day, technologically-wise, <laughs> found you. Right. And it compounded right. itself, and I think you got caught in the rundown. But right. that being said, for all the good thinking you do on your feet and the bad positions you were in, I don't think you helped yourself last week when problems arose. Now, yes, there are there are a lot of elements to the DA show, absolutely. Had it been a long time since you had trained on the board and had Pete the Body Bilotti done a bad job, I'll even forget an, uh, an average job or he could have done better. Pete did a bad job of training you. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, is there a situation right now during a pandemic where maybe finding multiple people to train on a show is even harder? I agree with that, and I'm not trying to line up excuses for you. That being said... You do run a board at CBS Sports Radio. You are a board operator for many shows on the weekend. Uh, you brought up, obviously, Andrew Filippone. You've been doing this now a long time. You left for a little bit. You were obviously a great teacher down in the Memphis School District. And at the same time, you've produced the DA show. So even though you haven't run the board for the DA show, DA show you've run the board for other shows and produced a show where you at least should be familiar with elements. And I do have to be honest with you, Shep. It came across on Tuesday 
as if you had walked in and basically were asking you to learn a new language and you weren't familiar with the show at all. Now, I know the board, running the board and producing are two different things, but don't you think it's fair to say us being upset at you when you factor in that you at least knew the show, even if you didn't run the board, while also running the board for other shows, it, you know, it maybe should have still been smoother than you made it have to be? Well, well, so so I I am just being 100% sincere right now. I, I take responsibility for it. Um, I, I should have never said yes. That's what it comes down to. Okay. I wasn't I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Um, you weren't prepared. There's a lot that go. I'm sorry. Say that again, Maris. No, I'm saying you, you weren't prepared to run the board right. for the DA show. Now, hold right. on. Before you finish what you're going to say. Yeah. Was the reason you said yes because you're a you're a part timer that. You know, obviously, wants to make money, and any shift you can get your hands on, you're going to say yes. Or did you say yes because you wanted basically the challenge, and you like us? I mean, you could be honest about that because I've been there as a part timer looking to make money as well. Oh, Marez, it has nothing to do with the money because okay. I spent an Uber getting there. I'm I'm coming home with a net of thirty five dollars. Okay, okay. It has nothing to do with the money. The the reality is, you know how much I respect you and, and Bogus and NDA. Um, you know, I know how kind you guys have been to me on air, and, and even more importantly, off the air. And okay. so I heard everything you guys said. I heard everything you guys said on the PGP. I heard everything you guys said on uh, Thursday. I heard everything you guys said on Friday. Okay. Um, and that hurt not because of the comments, but because I know that I put you guys in that position. And I never should have said yes. But with that being said, if you ask Andy Gresh, if you ask Jody Mack, if you ask Chris Moore, if you ask John Kincaid, now those are the four guys I work with the most since being back. They will give you a completely different narrative about who I am on that board. Forget the producing aspect of it, just on the board itself. And so that makes me feel even worse because the guys that – so the one time I get to work with you guys on the board, I right. completely F up. Well, let me, ask so, you, let me ask you this, yeah, Shep. Please. Why didn't we see that guy then? That guy you talk about on those four shows, why didn't we see that guy? I wasn't ready. I, I, didn't, know what to, I didn't know what to do. Um, you know, I open up, listen, it's on me. This is a hundred percent on me. I take full responsibility for it. Um, just to, just to be factual with you though, when I open up the folder and I'm seeing 2000 different things, right? I don't, because here's the thing, there's not, I'm not, I'm not here to take a shot at anybody. I promise you, but to be honest, things are labeled very similarly. And so if you don't know. And so you have to listen to it before you play it. Then you have to listen to that before you play it. Then you have to go back to the podcast and make sure that's the one. So it's a whole systematic process that I had to go through, and, and it, it threw me for a loop. And, and, and But I hope Wednesday was indicative of who I am as opposed to Tuesday. But look. But, well, hold I on. Hold before before, you, yeah, before yeah. you continue, Chef, the only thing I'll say Please. about this, and this, this goes back to my earlier point. You've right. produced the show, and I know, obviously, somebody's produced the show for a long time. Right. When I produce the show, I still see that same folder of audio elements that you see because whether it's putting sound check clips in. Like, I'm aware of how the audio looks and how overwhelming it can look, but you opening that up on the board, it's as if you never saw that folder that you're speaking of that be overwhelmed you before. Like, don't you think for producing the show, maybe that was something that mentally you should have been prepared for? Well, I mean, look at it. If, if we want to break it down piece by piece, I mean, how was how was sound check? Okay, that that was fine. That's not necessarily my point. 
but your right. point is but your those, point those is those that was something you produced and ran the board the final. elements for a DA show. Th- that I didn't mess up for you guys. I didn't mess up the cold open. Now with bringing down the bed, as DA alluded to, I've worked with a thousand different hosts in the last two years being part-time. I can name you over a hundred guys and I'm literally being sincere about the hundred guys. There's no exaggeration there. So I, so I should have listened to the show previously and said, you know what? Let that bed run because, and you know, Justin Termini, you know, you know, those guys at serious Mraz. a lot of them, okay. they want that music coming down right away. So I should have known better. Well, um, okay. All right. Well, no, so hold on. I, 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 I just, yeah. instead, instead of losing sight on this. So, yeah. All right. And this is what's going to take me. And I guess to my issue with you, the more I sit on it. Sure. I tend to think that in that situation Tuesday and, and knowing you and working with you for a long time, I think, you know, a running thing with you is, and I, as you said, you listen to everything post. We know you really want to do a good job and we know that you're willing to work hard. And generally you could work with anybody who's willing to work hard, but Right. Is it fair to say, Shep, you find yourself as as a bit of an overthinker or at times maybe you outthink yourself and make things more complicated than they have to be? And then as a result, like you're talking about the opening music, which was just, you know, another problem that happened. It's almost like you're scared to ask a question because you don't want to like rattle us or make us think that we're not confident in you. When in reality, asking a question every 15 minutes just to make sure you get it right is totally fine. So two-parter, right. do you think you overthink things? And B, were you just scared to ask before certain things? No, I don't think I overthink things. I think that day I just okay. didn't know what I was doing. So I – man, Mraz, there's a, there are so many things I could have done differently. I mean that's reality, and, and I, obviously there's no one who feels worse about it than me. And that, that's kind of what I was bringing up in the beginning is you know what it's like. You know, you're you're removed, but you're not too far removed. So you can relate to it on that level. And the reason we both feel that way is because we care so freaking much about this. Because yeah. I, I, I remember it was two years ago when I first, you know, really when I first got back. And you came yeah. up to me and said, you know, you're playing, you're playing too many drops on, on Robin Lumberg. I did. That, I did. Too, I was listening to another show and I thought you thought you were you were doing too much. So I don't know how much you listen now with having Taylor, because I can't imagine how busy your life is. But the fact that you were hosting. It's a lot busier than it used to be, yeah. (laughs) But the fact that you were hosting, because let's be honest, how many other hosts are really listening to other hosts? It it doesn't happen a lot. Um, But that says the level of dedication you have. But, but Mraz, look, I I can rehash this, and there's, I can pick this apart. Well, but here's, but, but here's the, here's where I'm coming from, and this is where I'm coming from. I'm not saying I'm great. But you better believe I want to be great, well, and I do, want but that's the thing. We do believe I want one more shot of it. And you never have to. You never have to ever have. You, you never have to have me produce. You never have to have me. Uh, you don't even have to have me listen to the show. You, you can ban me from tweeting at you guys. I want one more shot. Ban you. I from know tweeting. I can do right by your show and you and DA. I know I can. All right. Well, look. First of all, I don't have the power to grant that necessarily. But you have, I you do. have power. You well, power. Don't, don't your power here. And I'm not and I'm not telling you not telling you no on that. And and look, right. are you saying the right things right now? 
yes. Do I think you might be in denial on some things? Shep, if we're being honest, yes. Like when you say you don't overthink things, Shep, you, I do think in the process of wanting to do hard, you're the kind of guy, if you were a mechanic and somebody went in and asked for an oil change, <laughs> you would take apart the brakes and, and basically disconnect spark plugs to make sure you get the oil done first without just doing the oil. Like that's the kind of guy you are. It's like you take 15 left turns to get around the block. You know? I, I, don't, I, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know about that one, Raz. I, I do again, feel you, I do feel like you do that. I do have to be honest, and I I just think that this is a show with obviously a lot of elements. As you know, there's a lot of moving parts, and I'm not saying it's easy because obviously I've had my tough days. But it was a show you were aware of, and it just it felt like it felt like you allowed one problem to become two problems, to become three problems. And I think there are plenty of other guys we've had fill in who have made a mistake, maybe made two mistakes, but they focus in and they make sure they don't make another. It's just, you have to admit other guys have filled in after not doing the show and, and it hasn't gone as poorly as that. I mean, is that fair to say that like that what happened with you is not a common thing that happens with people on the show? Well, will you listen I mean, to I mean, that? It, well, if we listen, if we were, if we really want to break that down, uh, it, it's my fault. Um, but, but I, I would say two things again, not to be repetitive here, but look at Wednesday. I mean that's that's well, that's not compounding a mistake. That's learning from your mistakes and saying I got this. And I'm not going to let one bad. I'm not going to let an O for four day rattle me. And I came okay, back so, and I could I could have you know I I could have had the same kind of day. And I believe it was the exact opposite. Now look at look if we want to be really specific and meticulous about the one mistake and not playing a bed underneath DA's live read, I didn't know that. You know should I have listened again, back to the show? No, I think yeah. you're right. But again, you didn't ask, right? Like you just you went on assumptions a lot. And right. assumptions can be dangerous. Know. No, no, look, right. look I'm, I'm but just you saying. you don't know what you don't know. Like, you, like, you get what I'm saying. No, you no, I get it. So you, but, but, but I would think that coming into Wednesday, and again, I, I don't think you did a bad job Wednesday. Unfortunately, I don't think we saw fully what good a job you could have done because we had the whole internet problem with DA, and that's no fault of anybody's. But, like, you, you kind of got an incomplete on Wednesday, even if you did a good job, just because we never got the four, four you know, the full four-hour experience of what you could – you know what I mean? Like, that's not your fault. Um, and I do think that that would bother me if I was you, for sure. But well, there's I, Marez, I, I would got, say – We've got, we got, got to be fair here. we got, we got to be fair. we got to be fair. Uh, to be fair, I think you guys did right by me and how you talked about me Wednesday. There was no different element on Wednesday that a DA right. was there. It was the exact same thing. Okay. So we have to call a spade a spade. There was right, nothing well, I did differently for you guys that would have been different from when DA was there. Okay, and so if you anything, listen- I was dealing with something that was completely out of anyone's control. No, well, and that, at the same, that is true. Right, and at the same time, I was also dealing with someone over the phone who was completely throwing me under the bus without any knowledge of what was actually going on and oh, taking okay. shots at me. And I had to deal with that. Okay, so which, all in all, considering I did everything that would have been the same if DA was hosting, that's not incomplete. That's that's not fair. Okay, that brings that's, us that's to our, not fair. That brings us to our to my next two points. So, right of all, I think of all the problems that I and by the way, I, you listened and I think I was pretty fair in telling you what bothered me about Pete or telling DA what bothered me about Pete and what bothered me about you. Right. Was I not fair about that? I didn't put all the blame on you. Okay, and everybody knows I, that. I and thought I thought you were very. I thought you were fair. Hundred okay. percent. So that, I appreciate that. You're right. So that being said, that brings us to the next point. The person over the phone you referenced is Pete. Now, let me tell you, the night before you were due to fill in, and D and Pete took off on very short notice, and you were thrust into this spot, and you said you should have said no, and you said yes, and yada yada yada. 
the one thing that I had a little scarred in me leading into you was that I don't have access to what we call a read packet, which has all our sponsorship reads and everything, which are saved on the computers back right. at the office, and Pete takes care of that. And we had another part-timer fill-in. Uh, I guess it was a couple months back during the pandemic, and he told me, yeah, I know where it is, and screwed the whole thing up. Now, right. he didn't screw anything hour else up that day. Hour and a half took, right. Right, hour and a half. He didn't screw anything mm -hmm. else up that day, but it was bad. So I have made a point of saying, like, hey, the night before, if I know somebody's filling in, do you know where this is? If not, can I walk you through it? You told me not a problem. Pete kind, kind of told you where everything was, and then I saw you sent over the read packet, assumed it wasn't an issue. Now, you took the time, despite not finding where it was, to draw it up and make a new one. My problem, Correct. though, is DA ends up doing a read that is for a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you had it in there on a Tuesday. And when I asked you about it, your response was, well, the log is always wrong, so I don't go by the log. Now, this is the one of all the mistakes, Shep, that I found to be – I'm sorry. I found it to be egregious. Now, as it turns out, was there a mistake on the log that had nothing to do with the mistake you made that day? Okay. Yes, there – Yes, there was. Have there been mistakes right. on the log? As always, yes. But in my opinion, Shep... You know Pharrell it, on the grid is still there, by the way? What happened? You know Pharrell on the grid is still there? Yes, I, I see that. And I, and I get to this <laughs> problem. But in my opinion, Shep, and I think maybe you should learn this valuable lesson, if you're not the one that sends the log, and that is somebody who has supposed to be like a boss or whatever that goes with it, shouldn't you let that person flounder and you just stick to what's on that log? And if it doesn't turn out to be there, you did nothing wrong because you stuck to the log. Don't you think that winging it like you did and then making DA read something that is so not the case and then was a read from like two years ago? Like, don't you think that's a major problem? Don't you think, like, you made that harder on yourself by just saying, well, the log's always wrong, so I'm not going to trust the log? Just go by the log and let the log be wrong. Then you're not the one who's at fault. So, full full, full disclosure, full disclosure, and I'm, I'm being dead serious about this. I, I'm being dead serious. I was not trying to go rogue. I forgot what day it was, honestly. You forgot what I'm day being, it was? I'm, okay. I'm, I'm being, yes, yes, that's the truth. I just forgot what day it was, and I and I apologize, and I was wrong for that. I wouldn't go against the company, and and but the 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 read that I gave you guys, I know that the full O'Reilly read is not there, so I went back to an old Basegia email that he sent me for that. That's why you guys got that because there's not there's not the O'Reilly copy in there. So it wasn't well, that's true. Like, yeah, that's true. That's, but well, it would it would have been if you were able to find you. The other problem was we have a we have a drive like a hard drive on the computer system in the newsroom. For those of you who have been at any office, would understand it's called the S drive. It's the number, right. the letter of the drive. And you said you weren't right. even aware it existed, which to me was another problem, because that's where the read packets were. How could anybody work in that newsroom the last three years and not know an S drive exists? That's where everybody's people, personal stuff is safe. Um, Raz, I know where the S drive is. Come on, now. I thought you, I, I I thought just, you I, said you didn't know where that drive was. When did I say that? When I said it, say that you said you couldn't find it, you didn't even know where the drive was. No, I know. I said I couldn't find the reads. I, I know what the S, I know what the, the W is, the S, well, the T. Well, but Come in my, now. okay, so not to get too it technical and argue about this. Yeah. But I specifically said, hey, go to my people folder in the S drive. Now, you can find that because everybody has a people folder. And there's a little search. I said specifically with the search, and it would come right up. I don't understand how you couldn't find that searching. Um, like, like, like for, but you know, and what I kind of realized is, Raz, the, all the computer, you can ask Connor this, by the way, all the computers are different. Um, and that's what part of the problem was. I'm, I'm just, I'm just breaking it down for you. Um, and I realized that after the show, like ask Connor this, when you go to 
Um, and you know how like there was Axe, we call it Axe computer because he was always there pre-pandemic. If right. you go to that computer, it fast forwards the audio. So it sounds like a broken cassette. It, like uh, some computers, like it doesn't roll in stuff. And if it rolls in stuff, it sounds like they're talking from a basement. I'm telling you, there there's just so much that you have to work against just to get the right lead. And my fault was I went to a computer that it didn't show up on. And I know that seems bizarre. Ask, ask Connor this. Ask Connor Green this. There are certain computers in that space where you go to, if you put an audio, it fast forwards it like three times. Like that, that's what we're working with. Just be honest. So right. I know it seems bizarre that that would happen. But Murad, but this, this is really why I called. This is truly why I called and why I wanted to kind of make this happen, though. I want another shot, first and foremost. Two, I want to start all over with Bilotti because – Well, okay, but that – hold on. Before you even say that, that was going to be my next yeah. question. Because right. we ended up having to have Pete on the phone on Wednesday, Ship. Uh, you know, he's listening in delay, and he's trying to do this. And, you know, there's a point in time where I'm going to break, and, you know, he's basically yelling at me about something, and you're yelling at me through the years. Like, what is the deal with you two? Like, like honestly, what is the problem? Why can't you two get on the same page? Um, I I mean, there's things that he's done in the past to me that I felt like were uh, just uh, very um, – I, I felt like they weren't necessary. You know, and I'm sure he looks at it and says, "There's things I do that weren't necessary." But that's okay. But that's kind of when I texted you and DA this, I said I just want to keep this positive. Like we can rehash this, but we're both going to have different interpretations of what happened. No, that's fun. But I, but obviously, this is a main right? crux of it too. Like the guys on the show, that's the guy you're filling in for. And I would say right. it's a little bit of a disconnect where if you have to fill in for him, and he's supposed to be helping you and and all right. this, and then you two aren't getting along. Like that, that's kind of an issue, is it not? It's a hundred percent an issue. And, and that's the problem is we don't, and that's kind of getting what I was going to say about that anonymous source that you mentioned. I don't know who that anonymous source is. And I have no problem if someone wants to critique me and judge me, that's fine. That's human nature. But to do it as an anonymous source, when you know the kind of grinding, or maybe I should use another word, the, the kind of due diligence that we have all put into that place and the blood, sweat, and tears that we have put into that place and that they wouldn't think enough of me to have that conversation because at the end of the day, who are they hurting? If, if they don't care and I owe it about me, it's hurting the company by not having that dialogue with me. And, right. and that's what I didn't that, – that's what was the most hurtful about this all is that I work in a space where people talk behind my back and don't have the – uh, I don't want to say the professionalism, but just the, the, the good will, the good intentions to have that conversation with me because at the end of the day, we're all on the same side, and we're the most competitive, one of the most competitive businesses there is. And for someone like Pete and me to not get along, like that should never be the case. So I'm throwing an olive branch to Pete. I promise you I will never come at him. I'll be respectful. Um, you know, we may not be the same type of people. Uh, obviously, we all don't even hang out with each other outside of work. Most of us don't, so that's so. So it's not like that's going to change. But I promise you, and I promise Pete, it's it's a it's it's a clean slate. And 2020 has given us enough adversity. We don't need to be giving it to each other. Okay, and I, really I, I mean, I, I I I do think that's the positive attitude to have. I obviously I can't speak for Pete and all of that, right. and I think that's that's totally fair. Now, as far as basically the theme of why you wanted to come on now. As you've spoken your mind, and I've kind of voiced where I thought maybe you do things wrong, 
And I'm not exactly – I'm going to have to – I have to be fair, Ship. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to all of this. You know what I mean? Like listen as a listener. As you mentioned, I, I listen to sports radio and kind of consume every word you say and and think about it. I will tell you this. Do I have the power to grant you like, of course, all right, you're going to fill in the next time Pete's off. I don't. But I know this. You, I believe you were going to get a soft opening into this basically. And what I mean by that is uh, New Year's Day morning, I will be on the air hosting the DA show as everybody takes off and I will be in this chair and from what I gather I don't know if you've been told or not that will become a chance for you now that is a that is a rough spot and a rough morning for anybody in radio you're talking about on the air six hours after the ball drops on New Year's Eve I don't know if you've been officially asked this but I I believe that you will be and I believe it'll be just you and I, because Bogus will be off, and it'll be a football Friday. They will be up the gut. There will be all the fixings that we can go with. There won't be DA, but that doesn't mean the show will have any less expectations. I mean, if I'm going to work New Year's Day on a Friday morning, you know, I expect the show to run smoothly. If that goes well, you know what I mean? That that, that kind of could be your spring training. Like, then, then I become the voice in your corner. You know what I mean? Like, all right, you know what? He did well. I think he's up for the challenge. But if it doesn't go well, that really could be adios. So... I mean, oh, is that oh. is, is that enough of a of a spot for you where you would accept that challenge and, and come to play? Because that's not an easy shift to work, Ship. You talk about being up for forty straight hours, which we haven't even gotten to. You know, six a.m. after New Year's Eve night—that's a rough one. I mean, are you up for that, Mraz? I was born for it. I mean, not to get so silly about this, but come on now. Like, I'm working with someone that I respect. There's no, I mean, obviously anybody I work with, I'm going to show up and, and bring my best, but there is no question in my mind that I'm not going to show up and give you my absolute best and that the show's not going to sound anything but great. That I promise you. All right, by the well, way, because I'm yeah, going well, to, if, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, unfollow me on Twitter, defriend me on Facebook, and no. if I ever say the name DA or Mraz, sue me for libel. Oh, That's oh, how man. serious I am about showing up and doing right by you guys. I'd argue that unfollowing you on Twitter would be more of a reward for me than a punishment, but I understand. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> that's not. Uh, that's not nice. No, I'm uh, that's, that's actually funny. That's actually well, funny. I, well, the only thing I'll tell you, the Shep, is is if we're being fully honest and full disclosure. Please. You know, with me taking the shift, um, six a.m. New Year's Day. Obviously, you know, this was kind of last minute that I'm going on it. I, I, I mean, obviously, with the year that 2020 has been a terrible year, I'm not going to not stay up and watch the ball drop at midnight. So obviously I know I am going to be tired, but I'm still going to come out and I'm going to give it my energy because anybody waking up to start the year fresh on sports radio is going to look for fresh takes. And I have a job to do for those four hours, no matter how tired I may be. And I can't have that job be made more difficult by incompetence. So I need you to rise to the occasion. You're asking for a chance that is going to be, I mean, it's a chance because it is the DA show, and it's me, even if it's not with DA, but that is a bridge to building this reputation back up. And I just – I need to know that you're going to be there, and I can count on you because if, if I'm out there swimming and having to make up problems on basically four hours sleep after a ball drops, like that is going to be a bad way for a lot of people in their cars, at home, on Alexa, sports fans ever to start their new year listening to basically a show that sounds like a circus. We can't have that that day. So if you re- so I, I want to make something very clear, and this is, this is the only thing I felt unfair about, and I told DA this when we talked. Um, my reputation there shouldn't take a hit uh, because of what happened on Tuesday. Now, you guys can be disappointed in me, and rightfully so, but you know what? 
I was put in a really tough situation. And when you do a morning show and you're asked at four o'clock that afternoon and you already woke up at 5 a.m. that day, that's going to be an obstacle and a barrier to overcome. So sure. I got to get some credit. I got to get a little bit of credit for, for just saying yes and willing to do it. Because okay. the message to me, Morass, the message to me is this is the message. Because I listen, I'm not going to name names. I could be certain people and just say no. No, I don't want to get up and help the channel. I don't want to do something right by the channel. I, I want to split in. Now, because someone's willing to fail and do something different, their reputation then takes a step back. Well, the only thing uh, I'll say, you know, someone who has a three, Shep. someone who has a seven-year career, Mraz, they're not judged by one uh, by one Shep. day. That's not fair. And Shep. then when they bounce back the next day, yeah. Okay, just hold on, because uh, I don't want to spit in circles because I felt like we were getting uh, you know near a good rep. But let me just say this. Yes and no to what you're saying. You're not the first person at four in the afternoon on short notice who's been up early in the morning to be asked to come in and fill in. But you are the first to have seven to ten mistakes the next morning. So while it seems like you're making an excuse, understand you're not the first person that's been put in that position. But you are the first in the position to make that many mistakes. So while right. I do want to give you credit for stepping up, you also in that spot. Not that it's a common thing that's happened, but you – as far as it being on your reputation, you're certainly somebody now, when you think of it, that is a, a bad moment. Like, Billy Buckner had a great career, a very good career. He's remembered for the ball going between his legs. You know right. what I mean? Like, like that was a Buckner moment for you that now lost. it's on you to build back up the reputation. I mean, but Jacob Wilkins had great moments on the DA show, and now he's basically remembered for half-ass and a, a bit while he's in Las Vegas and falling asleep on the air. And that's tough to come back from. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but but, but, but if, if listen, that, that's the hot take on Bill Buckner. You guys are better than that. And, and everyone working at CBS is okay. better than that. Okay. Because, because this, but, isn't, this, this, isn't a, this isn't a fan of the DA show. This is employees and colleagues that I've worked with for years and years and years. And I'm disappointed that I, my name was mentioned in a negative way in terms of my reputation. That's the only thing I take right. away and think that was unfair. Okay, because, well, now you have – but now – okay, now, shit, because right. I don't want to keep carrying on with this. Now you have your right. first opportunity to change that, and that is earning back at least my trust, even if the A is not there on New Year's Day. So you know what's in front of you. You okay. know you know the deal. Soundcheck will be there. Up the gut will be – like, we're going to run a DA show. Target demo will be there. We're going to run a DA show on New Year's Day like it's a regular DA show. Am I doing epic sale? Are we gonna have? Are we gonna? Are we gonna have a pre-recorded epic sale? No, no, no. I'm throwing everything at you. Like, if you want this challenge, everything is being thrown at you. It is on you to rise to that occasion. And now you do realize now, Morat. Now, now, now. Let's again. Let's be fair. You do realize I am completely by myself. Yes, you are. And running all these elements and answering calls and all all this, I'm also expected to make an epic sale. So, so see, now maybe Shep, I lean on someone in the newsroom. But Mar- That's Marat, fine, I mean, but that is fine. Right. So, But right. hold on now. What is fair? It's not like we have another pro- – I'm producing and, and and hosting the show from back here. In the middle of me talking, am I supposed to be cutting that epic fail? Well, there's – well, for example, like if, if you know there was another – no, listen, I'm, I'm going to rise to the challenge. It that, sa- that's sounds to me, Shep, like you're already two weeks ahead of time pre-planning an excuse for something. And I'm not telling you it's easy, but you, you're you the one asking for this opportunity. You're going to get thrown some stuff at you. Rise up, and let's earn the worth, right? Yeah. Um, but the, find, but, but Marat, find but a, the thing, I'll leave right. you with this. Find a way. Don't find an excuse. I like that. Now, speaking of finding, 
the person that said what they said about me. And this oh, is this is the only issue I have. And I'll, and I'll, I'll let you go after this. I know you got a lot going on. Is my you if you listen to the PGP and you listen to the shows, it seems like I'm the biggest f up in the world. And if you're gonna mention Tuesday, mention all the other stuff I've done well. That's that's my thing. And and you guys did it. And and I appreciate what you guys said behind the scenes to me because that was very kind and encouraging. But if you would have listened to that, it's not a fair reflection of what I've done. Okay. And well, what's even more, what's even more unfair is that we work in a company where people take shots at you and don't come up to you face to face as a man and say, "Look, this is what you need to work on for this channel to be better." And that's well, the only thing I would say to anonymous sources. That's not fair. That's not professional. That's that's, that's not that's, what adults do. That's totally fine. You know that we we have told you our problems and we've aired it out and we did it here. So, so Shep, let's look. We've done this long enough. We will leave Thank it at you. that. New Year's Day, rise to the occasion. That's the only thing I will say. Rise in all seriousness, man. Thank you for your time. I, I appreciate it. Okay. All right. So there you have it. That's side B of the PGP. Shep and me together on New Year's Day. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CBS. Have a great week, everyone. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 